This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Parshas Emar Tavshin Ein Ches. This week's parsha begins by Yerushal Moshe Emar Lokehanim Bnei Aharon B'Marta Lehem B'Nefeshli Tama B'Amov. This week's parsha is the parsha for Kehanim. This week's parsha we see the many privileges Kehanim have, and of course, with privileges come great responsibilities. Anybody here Kehanim? Well, not too many. Okay. People that are Kahanim have certain privileges. They get, right, the first Aliyah. They get to Duchen. They get to do a Pidyan Aben. They also have certain requirements. They can't go to a basic forest. They can't become Tame. We find very interesting in this parsha that nowadays there are very few things that the Kahanim can do that really a Kahanim deserves to do. There's no work in the base of Migdash. They say they should be rebuilt speedily, but right now there is none. And they don't eat truma because we're not 100% sure of their status. One of the things that Kehanim do do today is they do him. Birchus Kehanim. In Eretz Yisrael, most parts of Eretz Yisrael you have it every day. Out of Eretz Yisrael, by the Ashkenazim, you don't have duchening, only on Yantif. On Sukkot, on Pesach, and on Suhus. So it's interesting, the Gemara tells us, the Gemara in, uh, in Sayyid Al-Lamid Tessah tells us that what's the process of Duchani? The Gemara goes through the process of what the Kahanim have to do, what the Yidin and the Shul have to do when they Duchan. And then the Gemara tells us what happens when the Kahanim finish. Once the Kahanim finish and they start to, yeah. once the Kahanim finish and they, they finish Duchani, so they have to say something. While the rest of the tzibur is saying what they say, the Gemara says the tzibur says they have their own tefillah. Rabbi Nishalayla, Asinu ma shigazarto aleinu. We have done what you decreed on us. Asiyimonu ma shiftachtonu. And now do what you promised us, which is what? And that's a pasuk in Dvarim, pasuk Chav Zayin. Hashkifu ma'in kachachom in the Shemayim. Look down from the Shemayim and bless Amcha, bless your nation, Klai Yisrael. The Svarim point out, it's a very interesting lotion to use. Why does it say, Asinu ma We have done what you decreed. A decree sounds very harsh. Why doesn't a Pasuk say, We have done what you commanded. We have done what you instructed. What's the lotion, Asinu ma We have done what you decreed. And the Svarim explained as follows. Can you imagine inside a shul, a large shul, and there are Tamid Chachamim there, there are Rabbanim there, there's a Rav there. And they don't get up to bless the people. They don't get up to the front, the Chash of a Rebbe, the Chash of a Rosh Hashiva, the Talmud Chachim, they don't get up to bless the people. You, you the Kayin, you the Kayin, that's right, you the Kayin, get up to Duchen. It must feel a little uncomfortable. Not only are the tzaddik are not getting up to give the bracha, but you're getting up to give the bracha to the tzaddik. Why is that? After all, you would think that tzaddik, he has a clean mouth, he has a holy mouth. He's the one, he's bracha's work. A kayin, every kayin can give a bracha. And maybe that's a pshat over here when we say, Hashem, we did mashi gazar to I am uncomfortable getting up and doing this. It, it feels funny for me to do it. But a kashmah, I'm doing it because you were geyser on me to do it. Although I don't understand it, and perhaps it doesn't make sense for me to do it. But you were geyser, 
You decreed it, Hashem, and that's why I'm doing it. In the same vein, Hashem, look down from your living place in Shemayim, that perhaps we don't deserve things down here. But just like we did exactly what you said, so too we should go and be blessed by you. And that's something today that we don't have much left what a Kayan can do, but that is something that a Kayan still does, he duchens. A few years ago, there was a fellow, a Rav, who became a Rav in a new community, in a community, he was a new Rav in a community. And after about two years, he noticed something very interesting. There was an elderly fellow in the community who his wife passed on already, and his children lived in a different town. And although they would come and visit, this fellow lived by himself. And the Rav would make sure every once in a while to invite him over for a Shabbos meal, for a Yom Tov meal. But he started to notice that after davening, towards the end of davening and Yom Tov, this person always left in the middle of Chazar Sashatz. Then he started to notice that it wasn't really in the middle of Chazar Sashatz that he was leaving, but he was always leaving right before Duchening. Right before the Kahana would get up to Duchen, he would walk out. Takes up his talus, folds it, and walks out. The Rav didn't know what to make of this. Didn't want to bother a person, an elderly fellow. So one day he decided he's going to invite him over for a meal, not just on Shabbos, but on Yom Tif, and see what happens. So, sure enough, Shavuos came, and he invited him over for a meal, for the Suda. They were davening Shachos, they had Laini, they started Musaf, and sure enough, in the middle of Chazar Sashatz, towards the end of Chazar Sashatz, this fellow folds up his talus, and he walks out. He walks out of the shul. The Rav doesn't know. Is he coming to my house? I'm not going to see him. Sure enough, the Rav walks out of shul after davening, saying, he to everybody. And there's a fellow standing right outside. Now the Rav was really perplexed. He's obviously not leaving because he's in a rush. There's something going on over here. He says, Gidyantav to the fellow. They go over to his house and have a beautiful meal. The meal is over. They sang smears. They said they're very terrible. They benched. And they're talking a little. And the Rav turns to the fellow and says, Please, be my me. I'm very curious. I have noticed that you leave Shul right in the middle of Chazar Sashatz, but right before Duchani. Is there any reason for it? The fellow looks at the Rav and he turns white. He says, You noticed that? He says, Yeah, I noticed it. I've been watching for a little while. The fellow says, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you something that I've never told anyone, not even my own kids. I'll tell you. As you know, I lived through the Holocaust. I lost my first wife. I was married. I lost my wife there. What happened was as follows. I was in Auschwitz, and we were in a barracks. I don't know how many people were in the barracks, but it was packed, hundreds of people perhaps, in the barracks. We were cramped, it was cold. And one day, there was a person who came, and he became very friendly with everyone. A very knowledgeable person, a very positive person, which in Auschwitz was saying a lot. And we gave him a title, we called him the Rabbi of the Barracks. The Rabbi of the Barracks because he was so knowledgeable, he was so nice, he always spoke to everyone. One day he walks inside and he says, Rabbi Sai, in six weeks from now is Pesach. We have to have matzah. Now Rabbi, we looked like he was nuts. Matzah, in Auschwitz. There's only one thing that gets cooked here, unfortunately, and it's not matzah. 
says, no, we have to find a way. If we try, Hashem will help, we have to find a way. Something back and forth, everyone, and then one guy pops up and says, you know what? My job is, I'm a servant, actually a slave, to one of the commanders. I'm in his house all day, I have to clean his house, take care of his house, and do everything for his kids. But in the afternoon, he goes to sleep. And I'm busy cleaning the house. There's an oven in the kitchen. If we can get hold of the dough, and I get it quickly, I can bake the matzahs there. And the rabbi, the barracks, is so excited, he asked him a few questions about the oven. He gave him the information a few days later, and he explained to him how to kosher the oven, and they should go and bake the, the matzahs in the oven. He baked the matzahs in the oven, and he came back with three matzahs. We hit it until Pesach. And Pesach came, we all crowded around in the barracks. We didn't have any wine or grape juice for the Dalakaisis. Marar, Marar, we had plenty of, who needed Marar? And we had the matzah. We started the Seder, the rabbi of the barracks started to go and explain the Seder. Not everyone in the barracks was from, he started to explain. And we're getting on into the Seder and all of a sudden, the door opens up and a few Nazi officers stroll inside with fire in their eyes. He pulls out his gun and he says, who organized this, who did this? And everyone was quiet. He grabs the first guy sitting next to him. He puts the gun to his head. So I'm gonna to count to five and I'm gonna shoot him. Then I'm gonna shoot somebody every five seconds until I find out who organized this. Well, the rabbi of the barracks stood up. And he said, I did. Wanna shoot somebody? Shoot me. The guy says, fine. He takes the gun, puts it by his temple. Then he stops. He says, I'm not going to shoot you now. Tomorrow, we're going to gather the whole camp together. And I'm going to tell them what you did. And then I'm going to shoot you. So everybody knows how it works here in Auschwitz. Imagine what we went through that night. Next day, the whole camp was gathered. They took the rabbi of the barracks. They placed him on a gallow. They placed a noose around his neck. They weren't going to shoot him. They were going to hang him. As they placed the noose around his neck, he looks at the officer and he says, it's customary to give someone you're going to execute him a final request. I have a final request. So the Nazi looks at him and smiles and says, oh yeah, what's your final request? Want a bowl of soup? Potato? What do you want? So I want to speak for a few seconds. He says, fine, I'll give you 10 seconds. Go. Immediately, the rabbi of the barracks lifts up his hands like a kayan, and he starts to bless the yidin gathered around. Yivarecha Hashem Yishmarecha. And all of a sudden, all the yidin hear this, and, and just as habit, they quickly lower their eyes as the kayan started duchening. And the Nazi officer didn't know what was going on. And it only took a few seconds. And the rabbi of the barracks finished Tuchening. And he finished the, brach, the brachas. Yisim Choshalim. And the Nazis went and hanged him. This fellow continues the story. He says, Rabbi, I want you to know, after the war, I came here to America. And I said, that's it. I am assimilating. I don't want this to ever happen to me again. They cannot know that I'm a Jew. And I purposely went to find a non-Jewish lady to marry. But I couldn't. 
that, that scene of that kind of they just couldn't marry a non-Jew. So I married a Jew. But we promised each other, I'm not going to raise my kids as Jewish. Finally, we had some children. And when it came time to enroll them in a public school, that picture, that vision of the rabbi, the barracks, Duchening, I, I couldn't do it. So I sent them to Jewish schools. What should I say, Baruch Hashem, I remain from and my children today and my grandchildren today are from because of that vision. So the rabbi looks at him and says, it's, it's, it's a very moving story. It's amazing what you went through. But, but that doesn't answer the question. So then you of all people should be inside Shul for Duchening. He says, Rabbi, what don't you understand? It's that vision of him standing there and Duchening that keeps me going. I am frightened that if I see someone else Duchen, it's going to take away from that vision. And that's why I never wanted to go into a Shul to hear Duchening. The Rav was quiet and he looks at him and he says, you know, you're right. But maybe now it's time your children are Baruch Hashem already married. Maybe now it's safe to go back in. But we see from here that even though today all we have left from the Kahana really are the Duchening, one of the few things that Kahana has left today, we see the impact that it has. Have a wonderful Shabbos. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.